Good morning, everybody. I pray you're well and good this morning. Um, I pray that you have had a um, good week. Um, we've just kind of come um, from our Easter weekend and, and um, I don't know about you, I've had quite a nice um, few days off as well in between, um, just chilling at home with the family, which is always good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. Um, I'm going to be f like finishing, I promise you, it's, <laughs> it's the end of, of the, um, the, the area and subject that I've been um, teaching on um, at, over this, this period of time. Um, I, yeah, weathering, weathering the storms, <laughs> part three. Um, I don't know, actually, there's some significance about it being in freeze and I believe the Lord has something to say to everybody today just concerning um, these aspects and, and just the essence of free, actually. Um, I was looking and, and um, the Lord was just speaking to me as I was kind of preparing this last bit. Um, I'm actually not going to speak for long, but I do want to pray. I think every time I've, I've ministered, I've said I want to pray for people um, and haven't been able to because I believe God wanted to continue just to, to, to me to share. OK, so um, just a really quick recap. Um, I've got three points, three prayer points, and then um, we're going to close. So it's not going to be anything massively long or, or, or mind bending um, in that context. Um, and you know what? It's, it's really funny, actually, because um, the scripture that Mel brought is one of my uh, principal scriptures for today in Proverbs 3 um, verses 5 and 6 but I will I'm going to read all of it in that sense and it talks about wisdom um, and well-being and being bestowed onto the saints okay um, and it says this in Proverbs 3 verse 1 to 6 it says my son do not forget my teaching but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on tablets of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or honour him. And he will make your path straight. Um, other scriptures or other versions, I think New King James says, um, New King James Version says, and he will direct your paths. I want to pray. Um, um, I just want to pray again. I know we prayed and we'll pray, but I just want to pray um, and then we'll, we'll kind of launch into it again. Father, thank you um, that you have just allowed me to share in this manner as part of my worship. And, and Lord, I pray that I will be obedient to you, oh God, that Lord, the word that you have to share through me, for me and for your people, Lord, will go out strong. That Father, your word will not Lord, be misdirected, but it will be revealed to the people, um, to our community and our, our family here 
in Medway and those who are beyond and joining us, that, Father, it will be a word that will bless. It will be a word that will strengthen. It will be a word that will encourage. And it will be a word that empowers people to be confident in you, to stand firm in your word and to move forward through the storm into the aftermath, declaring who you are and seeing that you are a God who, because you love them, died for them and now has made their path straight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So for those who are joining us um, or may not have heard, um, um, so I've been talking about how we weather storms and that just the fact that Jesus never leaves us nor forsakes us. Even when we're going through trials, even though we're going through issues and, and situations, um, he is always there. And if he's not in the boat, we talked about um, Jesus being in the boat and the storms coming up. Even if he's not in the boat, he's watching you from a distance and he will come to your rescue. He will come to your aid just in time. So we use those two aspects in the Bible, in Luke and in Matthew, just talking about um, the two uh, essences of the storms where the disciples were in the boat and Jesus told them to go to the other side. And in the first one, he was in the, in the, in the boat with them and the waves were coming. They thought they were gonna die. It was a very vicious storm. And for a moment, they had forgotten that Jesus was their salvation. And then they remembered, they woke him up and he calmed the storm. And they got a revelation of God's word in the midst of the storm. And Jesus saw them through to the end. And then we saw in the other, in the other bar, after Jesus had fed the 5,000, that he had sent them before him across the lake. And the winds blew up. It wasn't as severe a storm as before, but the wind was definitely against them. And they were rowing and rowing. And Jesus was praying on the mountain. But the significance of that was that Jesus never took his eyes off of them. He watched them. He watched them. And at the moment in the third, was it the third quarter of um, the night, he then came down, walked across the water, walked on water, to them and he basically enabled their faith and activated their faith they saw the revelation of who he was and they reached the other side and in between that Peter walks on water and it's the whole thing of activation of faith okay and today what I want to kind of share with you and, and end it end with is the whole aspect of so we go through the storm, we, we go through everything. Then what happens after that? What is the aftermath? How do we manage the aftermath of a storm? And I don't know about you, um, uh, but nature fascinates me. And I think nature can really teach us something when it comes to storms. So when a storm happens, there's a lot of devastation. Um, I, I should probably say at this point, for those of you who are kind of new to Christianity or who are not Christians. As Christians, we like to use a lot of um, kind of uh, 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 links or, or, or phrases that signify. So we're not literally talking about storms. Um, you know, as Christians, we, <laughs> we like to use metaphors a lot. So storms signify challenges in our lives. 
Um, what other ones do we, we like chains, you know, Jesus is the chain breaker. In fact, I was watching, um, <laughs> I was watching, what is that program? Um, oh, with the three kingdoms, I've forgotten what it, what it's called, but um, there's a, 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 a lady in there and they call her the chain breaker, the mother of dragons, rah, 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 you know, using all these metaphors. We as Christians love it. Jesus taught with metaphors throughout the Bible. And I, and I think as Christians, we, we love to use metaphors. So, you know, we're not talking about literal chains and dragon chains around. We're not talking about walking around with storm clouds over our heads. We're just talking about situations and circumstances in our lives and linking those metaphors to how Jesus works through and speaks through. So as I was saying, today I want to talk about how and what we can do and, and how we should posture ourselves and how we should be after the situation and the storm happens. You know, what comes next? Um, and I, I suppose one of the biggest storms and one of the biggest things um, the disciples went through was when Jesus died. You know, we've, we've just had Easter, we've had, you know, Good Friday, and then um, we had the Resurrection Sunday, and it's the first Sunday after that. And, and for me, it's, it's, it's that time where Jesus now reveals himself to the disciples. Now, the revelation of God's word, remember, these guys had Jesus with them all this time, you know, um, and, and Jesus walked with the disciples. So the revelation of God's word was with the disciples all this time. So in all the different storms, in all the different situations that they faced, Jesus was with them, you know, through all the times on the lake, through all the times um, that, that he was with them, he was with them all the time. Um, he walked with them and, and through those aspects, they built character. They learned about faith. They learned about who he was. And, you know, the greatest test for them was yet to come. And then Jesus is arrested in the garden and is crucified on Good Friday. Now, the Old Testament is very clear. There were prophecies about that. And the disciples know that because Jesus has walked them through these prophecies. And as he's walked with them and as they're building character with them and as they're getting to know him, he's fulfilling the scripture. There are scriptures that talk about the disciples looking at him and thinking, wow, Jesus, you are the Messiah. Oh, you know, you are this. And, and he's fulfilling scripture. But yet in the greatest storm that they have when Jesus dies, they forget that the revealed word, the word that God had for them was yet to be fulfilled. And Jesus died and, and they go into hiding, basically. They go into hiding and, and I want you to just turn your Bibles to, um, let me find it, John chapter 20. Let me see if I can just pull up my Bible. John chapter 20. So remember, Jesus is buried now and... Um, He's in, the he's in the tomb and Mary Magdalene comes and she comes to uh, 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 look after Jesus in the tomb or, or, or kind of mourn. Um, but the, the, the stone is rolled away. I want to pick up from verse 19. So Mary Magdalene, in fact, she runs and finds the disciples and tell them that his body has gone in the in the retelling of it in John. 
that Jesus, the disciples race to the tomb and they don't see anything but the cloth that he's bandaged in. So they've gone through this storm. The revealed word of God, the, the, the prophetic word of God is being fulfilled as Jesus is dying. He tells them that he's going to die. When they have the last supper, he tells them that he's going to be betrayed, that he's going to die. So the revelation of God's word is there. And they know that this has to happen. Um, as we go through storms, as, as we talked through over the last two sessions I had, God reveals to you through the storms what he's going to do. The storms might be difficult, they might be challenging, but he reveals to us the word. And that's the grace. The grace of God for us to get through the storm is the revelation of his word. So while you're going through storms, whatever stage you are at, where you're going through issues, where you're going through circumstances, don't look to the storm. Remember, when Peter walked on water, he looked at the storm. He looked at the severity. He looked at what he was doing. And that's when he lost the essence and lost focus on Jesus. Don't look at the storm. When they were in the boat and Jesus was in the boat with them, the size of the storm didn't matter. Why? They had God's revealed word in the boat with them. God wants to take you beyond that. He wants to take you through that and he wants you to be able to activate that revelation. And that is the aftermath of the storm. But let's get into it here. Um, verse 19, it says, that evening on the first day of the weeks. So remember, the disciples have raced to the tomb now. They're, they're dismayed because the body's gone. They don't know where the body is and they've gone back because they're fearful of what's coming next. They've forgotten what the prophetic word is, what the revelation of God is for their life, that Jesus had to go through this in order for the word to be truly fulfilled. So they've run back. They've gone into a room. Mary sees Jesus. He tells them not to touch him because he hasn't ascended to the Father. And then we get to this point in verse 19. That evening on the first day of the week, Oh, my Bibles were crumpled. The disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And he spoke. He held out his hands for them to see and he showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. Now, again, sometimes when we go through these situations, we get revelation after revelation in the midst of the storm. God speaks to us. God shares with us. God brings people to, to us to help us realize and recognize that actually he's in the midst. He's there. He's doing something. And, and we hold on to these little nuggets of revelation. But sometimes we need him again just to reveal himself. And Jesus, after his death, when the disciples were at their lowest, they were cowering, they were hiding, they were in a locked room. Jesus performs a miracle and he reminds them that he is the revealed word of God, not only physically by entering a locked room and standing among them, but by showing him why and what he had to go through in order for his word to be fulfilled 
within them. And he stands in there and, and he says something really poignant. You know, in all the aspects of the storms, whenever Jesus, um, um, whenever the disciples go through storms, in order to calm the storm, what does he say? He always speaks a word of peace. Because storms are violent, storms are aggressive. And what God does in our lives, he brings peace. And many people say, oh, well, how do you know God speaks to you in the midst of a storm? How do you know? Listen, and it's to be honest, it's Tola that reminds me time and time again. When you have the peace of God in a situation, you know that he is right there in the midst of your storm. When you feel the peace of God, when you know that his eyes are on you, you feel the peace of God in that situation. That is your entitlement. That is your, your, your witness to move forward. You know, sometimes you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's happening. You don't know where the next payment's going to come. You don't know what your job is going to entail. You don't know, you know, what the issues around your family is, but you pray or, or someone speaks a word or you go to someone who has wisdom and you sit there and they talk to you and then you feel this uttermost peace. You think, you know what? Yeah, God is with me. That peace is the peace of God. That is Jesus speaking into your situation and saying, peace be unto you. We need to look for the revelation of God and the peace of God in the midst of storm or as we come out of the storms. Now, he goes into the midst of them and he says to them, peace be unto you. And then immediately he shows them who he is. God will not only reveal himself to you, he will give you a sign and a symbol so that he, you can be reassured and confident that the process and the journey that you're going on will and is the right path because, Je because Jesus is in it. Jesus is God's word revealed for your life. I want us to go to Acts chapter 27, verse 15. And, and this again is, is another aspect of storms. And, and in fact, this is... Um, uh, 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 when after Jesus ascended and and um, I think Paul was caught up in a storm. I'm just going to read it and then uh, we'll go from there. And the ship, so it's Acts chapter 27, verses 15 to 25. And um, uh, this is, a, a, a yeah, let me just speak it through. So it says this, the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called um, Kauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Citrus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. On the third day, they drew the ship's tackle overboard and their own hands, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope 
of being saved. So Paul is meant to be on his way um, to um, uh, 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 Crete. Um, no, on his way to, I can't even remember where he's meant to be going. And then he meets this storm. He meets this storm and, and the men meet this storm. And this storm is so violent, they lose all hope. Now, I, I don't know about you, I've been in situations where my situation seems so terrible that I don't think there's a way out. I don't think there's a way out. And what does God do? He does this from verse 21. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. So God had already spoken to Paul, but the guys decided to go another way. And this is the grace of God in this. But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. No matter how violent, no matter how off track you might feel, God's word will not return to him void. It will not come back void. If he has something for you and where he had something for you, he will see you through beyond the storm. Now we've talked about that in the last two. We've talked about those essence of storms. But I just want you to understand that when God reveals himself to you, he will see you through to the end of that storm. He will see you through to the next stage and the next chapter of whatever your life will look like beyond the storm. Now, God not only reveals himself as we understand and know, he also restores, he also breathes life, and he also enables your plans. As we read in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, specifically 5 to 6, the step, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And also in John chapter 20, verse 21, I just want to read um, the final part of that verse. It talks about how not only does Jesus reveal to them, but he now breathes life into the next chapter beyond the storm. So they've come out of the storm because Jesus has revealed himself to them. So the storm of Jesus dying, the storm of them feeling abandoned and that Jesus has gone and the fear of them being locked in that room has all vanished because they've now seen Jesus again. And he's, um, 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 he's now commissioning them to move forward into a new era into a new season and into a new chapter of life. But he does something very, very significant. He does something that is gonna help them to be able to maneuver, break through and move through. He does this, he says, after he blesses them and says peace unto them, 
he says, as the father, he spoke to them again and said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. For you forgave, forgive, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you refuse to forgive them, they are unforgiven. Then he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I think it's so poignant that God not only reveals himself, but he gives us the tools and equipment. Now, a lot of people forget that aspect of the scripture and they jump to Pentecost Sunday, which is like 40 days, something like that, after Jesus died. Um, which is a significant time. And then the Holy Spirit comes and, and they receive um, the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and many people are saved. But at this point in John, which is a few days after Jesus had died um, and had risen, um, and we know this because he hadn't gone to the Father when Mary Magdalene had um, um, seen him. So this was really early on when Jesus um, rose from the dead so he appeared to them the revelation of his word and then he restores and he breathes life and he enables them um, and commissions them to go giving them the holy spirit at that point so the holy spirit is already and when we look at when we get saved and we tell people oh you're receiving the 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 that the gift you're receiving the Holy Spirit. This is the aspect that we we refer to in the Scripture. That when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in at that point, because God has blessed us and told us where as I and mean, we don't forgive sin, God forgives sin. But we know that it's a metaphor that when people receive and we enable them and empower them to receive the revealed Word of God. And, and they accept the Holy Spirit comes into their lives. And then the activation of the Spirit will come as they yearn and as they pull for the, the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit, with one of those aspects being gifts of tongues or, or healing and, and the different offices and gifts that God gives us. But on, on as part of that, I want to just jump as well. And I, I know it feels a bit jumpy, but just bear with me. I want to jump to um, chapter 21, where Jesus appears again to the disciples. So Jesus appears to the disciples at this stage on three occasions. So he appears to the disciples, he appears to Thomas, then he appears to the disciples again. And at this time, Jesus, on the second time when he appears to the, um, the seven disciples, he, this is the miracle where he, they pull fish, where they've been fishing all night and, the, and then Jesus tells them to cast their net on the other side. And I want you to, 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 to just hear this. So Jesus is with them. They've pulled these fish. There's like 153 fish, in, massive fish in this net, which could not really, it shouldn't really be able to hold that many. And Jesus is cooking them breakfast on the beach, right? And as Jesus is cooking breakfast for them and they're eating, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, 
do you love me more than these? And he responds, yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Once more, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I think that scripture, um, which is part of that aspect, is, is very poignant. And when, when we come out of storms, God will continue to test us in some aspects. Now, if you remember, Simon Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times before he was crucified. And Jesus tells him and reminds him. And in this instant, Jesus is restoring him. Jesus restores him back to a place where he's now able to move on. And remember, he becomes one of the most prominent um, preachers and teachers of our time. But Jesus needed to restore what was lost. And he did it in a manner which was very similar to how he denied him. And God wants to restore what you have lost in the storm, the confidence, the things that you are not sure that um, um, might have caused you to doubt or, or waver in your faith. God wants to restore that in your life. And he will do that very openly and very clear and with very clear instruction through the revelation of his word. God wants to restore. God wants to breathe life into you and he wants to plan with you. The scripture says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And then just finally, verse three um, in, in, in my third bit is the journey doesn't end with the storm. The journey doesn't end with the storm. And in Romans chapter eight, we see um, Romans eight, verse 28. It says, we know that all things God, um, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those whom he has called according to his purpose. God promises to make something good out of the storms that bring devastation to your life. You know, the aspect of nature is this. When the storm hits, things are in disarray. Things are all over the place. But things do not die. What happens is we get a replenishing of God's word. We get a receding. So, you know, when the storms come, one of the things I learned, I remember back in school that, you know, many islands in the Caribbeans, in the Caribbean weren't populated with certain, certain seeds. But when storms come, they lift seeds from one island to a new island. God is going to bring something new into your life. God is going to bring something diverse and unique and he's going to form a new ecosystem. You know, the old has to die. The old man has to be crucified in order for the new man to, to ri rise up and to move forward. 
God wants the old to die in your life. He brings storms to wipe away the things that are not clear, that are not needed, that are not purposeful in your life. God will knock down trees. He will, he will make the way scattered in order for newness, in order for something new to grow in your life. Sometimes we need to get rid of the people who are in our lives through these storms in order for us to move forward. And God will orchestrate that. We just need to understand the revealed word and then walk in it because the storms will end. Storms come and go and they will end, but it's what we do after the storm that will count. Will we be able to continue the revelation of God's word in our life or will we stay in the moment not able to move? Looking at the devastation that the enemy or, 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 or that has come before us, forgetting the faith that God has instilled in us knowing that actually we've got through the storm, the storm's gone now, so we can now make a path through the devastation. God wants to enable life to thrive in the devastation. He wants new seeds to grow. He wants new seeds to be established in your life. He wants new ecosystems to rise up and grow so that you're able to maneuver in the ways that he wants you. And ultimately, the landscape of your life will change. Now, it might be strange. It's not going to be the same as before. One of the things, human beings were creatures of habit. We like things to be the same. We don't like change very often. But God wants you to change. He wants you to navigate this new landscape that he has given. Because this landscape is more for people, okay? So as I was saying, God wants to, um, God wants to kill the aspects that were before in order for new life. And remember, seeds need to die before they germinate and move um, and come up. And actually, when a seed is not planted well, and remember, through the storm, what happens often, the top soil is removed. So good soil comes up to the top. And what we want to do is make sure that, that those seeds are anchored firm. And those seeds are our faith. And our faith pushes those seeds into the soil and allows us to journey and move forward in strength and in confidence, according to God's word. We're up to 21. So just to let you know, I'm, I'm just cracking on um, as time is going. Remember this, God never, 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 ever takes his eye off of us. He never, ever leaves us to just get on with the journey. Remember what I said in, in John chapter 20, he breathed life. That breath of life, that breathing on the disciples was significant. It wasn't by accident. He commissioned them to now move into the next season of what was to come in Acts, the birthing of the church. They needed to be prepared. And the old fears, the locked door needed to be unlocked and they needed permission to go out and do and be um, where they are. So the storm of his death and his resurrection is clear. 
by his wounds we are healed. When the land is wrecked and is full of scars from the storms, nature will fill in the wounds and it adapts to those situations. I want us to pray and I want to pray into three areas, okay? I want us to pray into three areas. I want us to pray for those who are going through storms currently. Then I want us to pray into those who are coming out of the storm with the revelation of God's word but are wondering what's next for them. And then I want us to pray for those who do not know him or who are new in the faith. Okay, so if if one of these are you, so if you are thinking, feeling that you're going through a a situation or an issue right now, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want you to um, just in the chat, just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that God will strengthen you and reveal his word to you as you go through the storm. Okay, so if you're here, I want you just to raise your hand in the chat. Um, or you can private message me if you don't want to reveal yourself just put a message um, hi me or something like that okay so I'm going to pray for you right now father I want to thank you because you are a God who knows his people you are a God who wants to see his people made strong and father as these guys are being tossed and thrown about in this storm, in the challenges that they're facing, whatever those challenges may be. Father, I pray that they will remember that you, oh God, are with them in the boat. And Father, if they seem or feel like they can't see you or find you, Father, I pray that they will feel your presence, that your eye, as your word says in the scripture, is always on the spur and he will, and you watch them. Father, I pray that they will get a sense that you are watching them, that you are helping them. But most of all, Father, I pray that they will remember that you will meet them on the other side of the storm. Lord, reveal to them what it is that you want them to move forward in, the testimony that will come out of this victory in the name of Jesus. Bless them and strengthen them. Bring them through this storm and reveal your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray for those who are wondering what next, Lord, which is the next way for me to maneuver. They've come out of the storm. They know that God has spoken to them. I want to pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hand again or or, um, just send me a private message and um, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, thank you that you are a God who sees us through. And Father, I just pray right now that as we enter out of the storm and we we look and feel like our lives have been devastated and ravaged, Father, I pray that as your word says, that Lord, as we've dedicated ourselves to you, we stand in faith on the edge of this shore. And Father, we say, may our steps be ordered by you. May you make the path straight. May you work with us and walk with us. May your Holy Spirit guide us through the devastation. Father, may we see the shoots and the green shoots of life in our lives. 
Lord, whatever circumstance, whether it's family issues, Lord, whether it's jobs, whether it's finances, whether it's depression, anxiety, fear, whatever it is in our lives that we are struggling with, Father, help us to see the way through. Holy Spirit, walk with us. Walk with us right now and help us to navigate because of the revelation of your word and because your word does not return void. And I want to pray just for those who don't really know the Lord or who are new in the faith. I want to pray for you that, that God will strengthen you, that God will walk with you. I want to pray uh, um, Isaiah 40. Um, I thought I had it up here. Let's, let's have a look. Isaiah chapter 40. Um, Verse 28 to 31. Thank God for Google and computers. Um, and it says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I pray that for you this morning. If you don't know Jesus, I invite you to indicate at the end of the service and someone will pray and walk with you through um, the, 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 what we call the sinner's prayer so that you can have a relationship with him. And if you need strengthening, I pray that this scripture will strengthen you. Father, bless everyone that's heard your word. Father, strengthen them, guide them and help them into an understanding and a knowledge of you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.